Do you love history? Do you love science? Or do you just love a good story about creativity, imagination, and hope winning through? My name is Abby. I am your host of Going With The Float. I hope you have grabbed some root beer, some ice cream, a good fuzzy blanket, because we're going to get going with the float. This week we're talking about October Sky. This movie has been a favorite for so, so long. The movie came out in 1999, and I believe it was my oldest brother's favorite movie growing up. And I don't know if it was just the story of hope that it has, or if it was Jake Gyllenhaal. He looked up to Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know what it was. But I know what it was for me. And it's just a good one. So let's dive into the plot first. The story is about this boy, Homer Hickam, who lives in a coal mining town. And if you know anything about coal mining towns, that is all that that town is for. The town is created up around this coal mine and it eat, breathes, lives coal mining. Well, <laughs> breathes what it can because, you know, coal dust gets in your lungs, black lung. Now, quick little side trip. I work in the medical field. And every time I have to ask the Medicare necessity questions, the very first question is, are you receiving any benefits under the black lung? Which always makes me think of this movie. And yes, this is going to be an episode filled with my southern accent because, Lord help me, after I watch or listen to other people have southern accents, mine comes out real bad. So please bear with me because it's going to be bad. Anyway, so Homer Hickam grows up in this coal mining town and everything to do with life is about coal. Well, Homer Hickam tries to satisfy his dad in every way he can. Every little boy wants the approval of their dad, right? And so he tries. His oldest brother is good at football, so when he gets into high school, he tries out for the football team because, well, it's one of America's favorite pastimes. I know baseball is the favorite pastime, but let's be real, football's there too. Um, and so he's trying to seek the approval of his dad, and he sucks at football. He does not make the team. And... He thinks, well, you know what, I'm never going to get out of this town. Because for him, even though he wants his dad's approval, he wants out of Colwood. He does not want to be stuck there. He does not want to go down in the mines. He wants, he knows that there is life beyond Colwood. So, one day, by the way, this is in, in the 50s. In 1957, Sputnik made its way into outer space successfully. And that was, even though the Soviet Union did that, 
were, were the first ones into outer space, it was still this phenomenon that created a lot of hope for a lot of different people. Um, and, and I mean that globally. It also created a lot of fear, but it also created a lot of hope. And we're going to see that here in this movie. Um, so Homer ends up finding, uh, not finding, he ends up falling in love with the idea of sending a rocket into space. And he makes friends with this misfit, and he drags his buddies into this as well, and because they all want to get out of Colwood. And they end up finding out, you know what? Let's enter a science fair to see if we can get scholarships to go to college and get out of this town. So they start building rockets. And they end up going to the science fair one day. And yep, they end up winning. And he ends up actually meeting one of his role models, which he doesn't realize at the time, but it's it's incredible. And he's got this book, and he, he, it took him a long time to get to that point. And I won't go into all the details because, well, I did that the last episode, and I think I overdid it. Um, though if you all enjoyed that, then great. But I don't want to go into as much detail with this episode, about this movie. But this movie is just absolutely, absolutely incredible. So it's based off of a true story. I don't know if I ever said that. But October Sky is based off of the real life of Homer Hickam Jr. And his dad truly was um, the boss, essentially. The, the, he, he was in charge of that, coal, of that mine. And so he was always busy. It was difficult to watch. Homer points out to his dad, he's like, you know what, you never come see, my, see me launch my rockets. You've always been there for Jim, his brother. You've always been to one of his games, no matter what. How come? Well, he's got a point. It's like you're choosing one brother over the other. Yeah, you may like football more than science. I get it. But the phenomenon that this that his dream created, it pulled the entire town together. It made each one believe there is more than coal mining in this world. Anyway, so aside from the plot, we're going to go into my notes, right? Some of which I've probably already mentioned. But the, this movie... The history, the belief, the imagination, the incredible story. It's just, like I said, phenomenal. It, from, from the get-go, because it, the movie opens up with everyone listening to, the, to their radios. Like, even as they're about to go down into the mine, everybody in that town is listening to the broadcast of Sputnik launching 
and making it into outer space. And I have chills. My goodness. Um, and it was just... So from the get-go, it draws you in. And it makes you believe, too. Something that this movie really, really pushes for me that I love. It's just that big reminder of never let someone else's lack of imagination stop you. So his dad is all about coal mining, right? All about mining world. And so is pretty much everybody else in the town. His brother is about football. Eats, breathes, lives football, right? So everybody ragged on him. Even his own friends were like, come on, we're not going to win a science fair because we're not, we're not going to win a science fair. And Homer's dream ends up inspiring, like I said, the entire town. Starts with him inspiring his, the misfit student in school and just because he got him talking about rockets. He's like, teach me everything you know about rockets. What do you want to know? Everything. So, it's like the ripple effect. You throw, you, to, you throw a stone, you throw something in the water, in liquid, and you watch it ripple. Like skipping stones. You make a ripple effect here, there, 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 and it just keeps going. So never let somebody else's lack of imagination stop you. They may be so stationary in where they are and, and believing the status quo and just don't let that ha stop you. You have a dream? Go get it. Retrieve it. Reach for it. Life is filled with dreams. Now they may kill us or they may make us come alive, but chase them anyway. Because they're worth it, right? There will always be people to stop you. Don't even let your own imagination stop you. Because there, there is a point in the movie where he ends up listening to everybody in a way. Because there, there's something that he ends up... There, a forest fire ends up happening at one point in the movie. And they blame his rocket on it. So he gets arrested. All four boys get arrested. And, and the sole evidence that they have for him is you shoot off rockets and you, you don't have all, you don't know where all your rockets land, right? No. Well, so then you're the one that started the fire. Excuse me? You can't investigate better than that? You can't? I'm okay. Because we're going to get to that later. So his imagination, his hope, ends up getting stunted and falls. The teacher's belief and encouragement to Homer is incredible to watch. I know we, we all don't always get great teachers. I think probably a good portion of mine have not all been great. 
but there have been those along the way that you just, they just keep pushing because they see something in you and they know it. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, they believe in you and they know that there is more in you than even you're allowing yourself to to dream of. Like I said, don't let your imagination limit you. Stop you. Um, But her encouragement and belief in him was just so beautiful to watch. There's a moment where the principal comes to her and is like, you need to stop encouraging him. Your job is to give him an education because there are very, very few lucky ones that get out of this town. The rest become coal miners. And she says, she says, forgive me for believing in the the unlucky ones. Or something along those lines, but... It's beautiful. She, she fights back against that principle. She helps Homer believe in himself and push him. And we all need those people, especially when everybody else is against you, whether it's yourself or somebody outside of you. You always need those people that are going to push you and push you and push you and be like, no, you're made for more. You are good. No, I know, not everybody's good. But, you you do need that support system, right? And especially as a teenager, teenagers need it from from outside the home. Because we all feel like, yeah, my parents are kind of biased, right? When we're teenagers, we're just like, yeah, they're biased. No. Sometimes, yes. But, not all the time. And so we need that encouragement outside. That's why we have friends. That's why we have we build relationships, right? One of my favorite lines in the entire movie is, it won't fly if someone doesn't pull the string. At the end of the movie, the line becomes, it won't fly if someone doesn't push the button. Which, in a way, shows you the progression of the story there and how far they come <laughs> the first rocket they try to launch they put on his mom's fence and it blows up <laughs> it does not fly it does not go anywhere it blows up and throws them back it's pretty funny though living in a coal mine um, town that would be absolutely terrifying right now, but, but, so you see how far they come. And won't fly if someone does pull the string, which, which I feel like is, in a way, a metaphor for the entire movie. It won't fly if someone doesn't pull the string. Nothing will happen if you don't start, right? <laughs> it is, so we're back to that frustrating part, right? It's, my note literally says, it's so frustrating to constantly watch 
most of the town sit in disbelief that anything beyond the town or coal mining could possibly exist. And I know the timing is 1957, right? We're living in 2024. I have a vastly different childhood than what Homer Hickam had. Vastly different. But my point was the year is 1957. And it is a very, very small town that he lives in. So yeah, small towners, it, they can feel stuck. They feel like if I don't get out when I graduate, I'm never getting out. And I'm going to be stuck. And especially in a, in a coal mining town where everything revolves around the mine. You don't do anything else but mine. Yeah, you've got a grocery store. You've got a grocery store. You've got a welding shop. You've got you've got a lot of different things, but as you see in, throughout the movie, it all circles back in to the mine. We give them an education so they can work in the mine, which you don't. When you reach a certain age, you can drop out of school and sign off and go work in the mine with the principal's sign-off as well, right? Because Homer does do that at one point in the movie because of a th- because his dad gets injured. And they don't want the union coming in and taking everything. They don't want them coming in, taking their furniture, their house... They need a place to live, right? So I know I can't fully understand where Homer is coming from, but it is so difficult to watch people believe that there is nothing more than just this one thing. That the world is so small, there's nothing else. Don't let that thought creep into your head and take root. It's also difficult. There's a moment in the movie. So one of his best friends, his dad died and his mom ended up getting remarried. His stepdad is abusive. So when the boys get arrested, and Homer's bailed out by his dad, comes pick comes and picks him up and he's it's like I'm 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 confused by you. I don't understand the science thing and all of this. They get in the car while well, they're about to get in the car and they see off to the side that Homer's best friend is getting beat up by his stepdad. His dad tells him get in the car, he does. Homer Sr. goes over, and it's it's an incredible moment of, um, standing up, a dad standing up for a fatherless kid. It's incredible to watch someone standing up for someone being abused. It's... 
it's it's just an incredible moment. It it truly it makes me cry. So while that moment is is incredible to watch, it's also difficult to watch because not just because of the abuse, but Homer who has strived to to get his dad's approval and fails constantly just because he's different than his dad. He run, His dad runs over and protects another boy. Now, I'm sure he had a mix of emotions of, yeah, that's my dad. Protecting my best friend from abuse. Or just stopping abuse. Or like, it doesn't matter that it's his best friend. It's just, yeah, that's my dad. But I'm also wondering if he had this thought of... You berate me in a way. But you'll stop it from somebody else. Now his dad never hit him. So in a way it's nice to know, yeah, he's got it. He, he draws a line. For his morals, but I don't know. Makes me have a mix of emotions of yeah, stop the abuse. Why can't you support your son in whatever he wants to do? Maybe it's different for me because I grew up in a home where I was supported, and I know that's not the case everywhere. Clearly, by this movie. Um. Yeah. I hated when he went into the mines. He There was this moment, he says, Dad saves some lives. One guy loses his life, but his dad gets injured. And Homer makes the decision to go down into the mines to make sure they're not going to lose their home. They're going to be able to eat. His brother was going, said he was going to go down. He's like, no, you're not. Because you'd have to drop out of school. And if you do that, you'd lose your, your scholarship. He had a full ride to, to the school that he was planning to go to. And so Homer's like, no, I'll go. Because I'm not getting out, right? And this is post- the fire anyway so they had all just had this moment of giving up because they were blamed for that forest fire and they they even they went ahead and torched their their launch stand not the launch stand but the, the I can't think of the exact name but the the thing that they stand behind when they do launch the rockets to help them to help protect them in case of any explosions but, um, and so you see this moment, and there's this moment in the story in Homer's life where he just gives up, and he's like, you know, okay. I'm gonna go down to the mines then. I was like, no, don't do that. But he does. He gives up. 
I get why he does it. But it's like he gives up. And he just wasn't meant to be stationary. Okay. So what brings Helmer back to shooting off rockets? Um, he, he figures out the trigonometry. And he helped, he ha, he asks Quentin to help him. And they figure out, they find, that their rocket was not the cause of the fire. Two high school boys. Better investigation. Okay. The anger's gonna come here in a moment. <laughs> My note literally says, it. It's amazing to me that when people are so stuck on the status quo, they can't even allow just the tiniest bit of possibility of anything else. They don't want the boys shooting off rockets. There was a fire. Oh, look. Must have been the boys, right? No! When they find out, when, when Homer and Quentin go and find the rocket, they find the rocket. In this beautiful green forest. You want to know where the rocket was? In a frickin' river. Yeah, in the frickin' river. And so finally, the principal's like, okay, fine. And they're looking at this map and is like, oh, okay, so where the forest fire was, there is a airport. And the thing is, the rocket that set off the fire was not a rocket. It was a flare. I, believe, I think it was a flare. I was like, you really couldn't have done the investigation better? You just assumed? And you know what they say about assuming? Are, are you kidding me? You just, you just destroyed four boys' lives. In a way. Because... That is now on their record. Are you going to go in and expunge it? You better. Because they didn't do anything. But really there was no possibility that anything else could have done it. It had to be one of their rockets just because they didn't have all of their rockets whereabouts. It's amazing that high school boys can do a better investigation than the people that are supposed to be in charge of a, of a fire investigation. Like, are you kidding me? I'm okay. I'm okay. But no, it just had to be the boys that shoot rockets. But what is so wrong about believing in people? About believing that they could possibly be different than the person next to them about believing that we are not all made the exact same sure we all come in a body we all have blood pumping through us we got the same kind of organs for the most part doesn't mean our brains are the same doesn't mean our hearts are the same. 
And what was so wrong about believing that? I know, I know, we're in 2024, we've come a long way. And maybe that's just what the difference was. Is that 70 years ago, nearly 70, everybody was more concrete in a way. And dreams weren't supposed to be anything outside of sleeping. It's hard to place myself in that time period and to place myself in that kind of world. My life has always been about creativity. I used to get in trouble in school for daydreaming. I remember first grade I got in trouble for daydreaming. I sat next to a window. There was a tree right outside that window. I loved that tree. But constantly throughout school, I got in trouble for daydreaming. I got in trouble for, well, just, yeah, daydreaming. Um, and yeah, there's a time and place for it. But my life has been so enveloped in creativity and hopes and dreams. I loved climbing trees. I love, I've always loved the idea of stories. Now, to be fair, I did not actually start reading, like truly reading. I remember there were certain points growing up in third or fourth grade, we had the, this reading thing. Um, it was like a reward system in a way. You read so many books, you get so many points, you can go spend those points in a store, in a little store or whatever, and, and get some trinket, trinkets, right? And it wasn't until middle school where I will always, always think, thank my childhood, one of my childhood best friends, Chloe. She, and my mom does the same, she was the one that got me in, involved in reading. She was always reading. And one day... I want to say between 6th and 7th grade. Uh, yeah, between 6th and 7th grade. I hate to acknowledge the uh, the series, but I have an emotional attachment to it now. Um, the very first series that really got me into reading was the Twilight series. Judge me if you will. I do not care. I started reading those books. She was like, you have to read these. And I was like, okay, fine. And and I was a terrible reader. I have always had a difficulty with hearing. And I think that is that was probably um, made, made it difficult with that. But my mom realized at one point when I was in lower, lower elementary, I think, that I could read words on a page, but I, it wasn't making sense what I was reading. I can read them, but they don't connect. There's no thought about them, right? I don't know if I'm making any sense, but 
So, so I just didn't read. I didn't like the idea of reading because there was nothing to it for me. Yes, I had imagination, but I didn't have imagination when it came to reading. When it came to Twilight, hot dang, man. I fell in love with those books. And then came the number one series. They will always, always have a place in my heart. And on my arm, because I have a tattoo of it. But, sort of, um, in reference to it. There we go. Harry Potter. We had a rule in my house where you don't watch the movies without reading the books. We owned the first three Harry Potter movies. Watched them all the time. My dad <laughs> had a terrible problem with buying movies. And so I always wanted the next Harry Potter movie. Finally, my younger brother's like, Dad, don't buy anymore. She hasn't read the books. She needs to read the books first. I was like, fine. So my younger brother had uh, at least the first book. He had Sorcerer's Stone. And I was like, well, can I borrow it? I think I read that thing in like a day. Me, a very slow reader, read that thing in like a day. And then it became a thing. I fell in love with reading. I fell in love with Harry Potter. And then I fell in love with reading. My world has always been so enthralled with creativity, with imagination. I'm a photographer. I... It, I'm a writer. I love art. I love reading. I, creativity is everywhere. It breeds hope. Imagination breeds hope. The idea that there is something beyond what where I am now. I feel like I just haven't made any sense for the last 10 minutes, but, or 5 minutes, whatever it's been, but that's okay. October Sky is a great one. I had to buy it in order to watch it. Well, I could have rented it, but, um, actually it might be on Peacock. Was it, I think it was on Peacock. I'll verify that and put that on my Instagram for y'all. But... October Sky is a great one. If you ever... I know the very first episode I did was along these same lines. But those were all female movies, let's be real. Guys, you may have felt a, a bit left out. And I apologize. But here's that movie for you. But it's not just for guys. Clearly. But, you, I mean, you get my point, right? It's not just... A male-female thing of, no, this movie is for you, this movie is for you. But still, my point is, some movies are not just for men. Some movies are not just for women. I've got a guy friend who loves chick flicks. And I am the complete opposite. I love action movies. But I also love a good story about hope. And it it pushing through. So this is a good one to watch if you haven't ever seen it or if you just needed the reminder of it. 
you should go watch it. Rent it, buy it. I recommend buying it and rewatching it a thousand times. Maybe not all at once, but add it to your list of movies you need to watch whenever you need the reminder of hope. So, I kind of want to go rewatch it again, even though I watched it last night. But anyway, watch it, love it, fall in love with it again. But until next time, go grab yourself some root beer or some ice cream. If you don't have a fuzzy blanket, get you one. If you have one, get you a new one if you need. For comfort's sake. <laughs> but we'll get going with the float again next week. Cheers!